Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you're listening. So what is trending on TikTok at the moment? And why is Trump trying to ban the app in the US? Are Instagram Reels and Triller the same as TikTok? And what does this all say about how Gen Z consume and create content in 2020? This is what we're covering on the pod today with Oli Oram. Oli is a campaign manager at the Gen Z influencer marketing agency, Fanbytes. Let's get on with the chat. Well, let's let's start off with just uh, telling us a bit about yourself and um, about Fanbytes. Cool. So Fanbytes is a Gen Z orientated agency based in, well, working at home at the moment, but based in East London, Shoreditch. Mm-hmm. And we work across different platforms, whether that be Snapchat, Instagram, or um, as is the big topic, TikTok and find ways to basically link influencers with brands and kind of work as the almost like the creative go-between and use um influencers and our talent to kind of bring um a brand's campaign to life and yeah, nice. help them reach gen z and what's your what do you do at um fanbytes what's your role so i'm a campaign manager so i work across um all our different types of campaigns whether that be for apps, music, entertainment, e-commerce. Um, so that kind of gives me, I suppose, quite an interesting insight. And no two days are the same at Fanbytes. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And um, so obviously, like last, the last few months, there's been obviously, you know, kind of, TikTok has kind of got into the mainstream. It's been around for a long time, but particularly around, there's been lots of news around it, around lockdown and how... TikTok has continued to become uh, become popular and it's kind of made its way into into the mainstream yeah. and there's you know there's Instagram introducing reels and then there's talk of, of Triller um, so let's just talk about 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 those things of you know reels and Triller and what is it what are those what are those um those, those platforms and what does that mean for how kind of Gen Z create and consume content mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Triller came to life. I mean, we've kind of been sort of hearing about it for quite a while. It's been around mm. for quite a few years now, but especially mm. um, where it where it started to take off was when the ban was introduced um, in India. So when India banned TikTok, quite mm. a lot of uh, their audience, TikTok's original audience, went over to Triller, and that's because sort of the user experience is very serious. It's sort of a um, sort of similar. It's a short form mm. video platform. Works in the same sense where by you'll have a tailored feed that you kind of flick up and down and can consume like very short videos. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Triller's built up now a, a user base of 26 million users a month, which although is quite dwarfed by TikTok's um, current user base, um, it's still fast growing and it's really moving up the ranks. And they're kind of um, putting a lot of money into marketing at the moment to really ensure that um, they can kind of grab as much of the market as possible. Um, but I, th- I think in terms of the key differences between Triller and TikTok, one of the interesting um, features is that Triller automatically uses um, AI to edit the videos for you based mm. on the beats of the music, um, sort of tempo, that kind of thing. And Triller is geared more towards music-based content. So yeah. Triller algorithm sort of favours um, pieces of content that use particular music and also as well 
in terms of the money that goes into it, you know, their major investors are some of the biggest labels, but also people like Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg have put a lot of money into Triller. Um, and then also, I suppose from an artist perspective as well, song usage on Triller counts as a stream. So you kind of get paid when an artist's song is used on Triller, they get paid the industry rate, whereas on other platforms, they're not paid the same. So there is a... Yeah, that's good. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. But as well, it's um, because of that, you can actually use... One thing that kind of makes it quite distinct is that you don't have to just use the music that's on the app. You can actually get it from um, Spotify or Apple Music and use any songs that are on there in your Triller content, um, which is, is one key difference from TikTok. But... I mean, it's, it's certainly something to keep an eye on for sure. And then Instagram go and introduce reels, you know, I suppose try and do to TikTok that, you know, Instagram stories did was do, you know, did to some extent to, to Snapchat. So, so um, what is, what is reels and, and why, why do you think Instagram did that? Well, actually just mentioning Snapchat, just as a, a quick side note to that as well, it's quite interesting as well because they've, um, actually started working with music publishers to introduce a feature whereby you can actually use music um, on your snaps, which wasn't um, hasn't actually been something you'd be able to do in the past. But yeah. in terms of reels, so again, very, very similar format. So flick up and down, see it in feed. When you post a reel, um, it will either be seen on the user's feed them itself or on the explore page. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, it's, Instagram has a long history of Instagram and Facebook have a long history, I guess, of maybe copying ideas. So you have um, Instagram stories, which came from Snapchat, and then you have IGTV, which um, at the time was seen as a big, big, big um, threat to YouTube. Of course, IGTV never really took off Um and it's we've you know we we don't really see brands particularly engaging with it that much and not really users to be honest. But reels are interesting because I think one of their big downsides is that the algorithm isn't very um, is nowhere near as sophisticated as TikTok. So TikTok mm. and Triller to an extent as well favor creativity. It's not about how big you are as a creator. Everyone has the opportunity to be seen. If yeah. you go through a reels feed on the explore page, it is just primarily big creators you've not I, i'm not convinced that anyone would be able to grow a following purely from zero making reels on instagram um but i do think especially in terms of if there's um sort of capacity for brands to use it regardless of how it pans out in the future there's a lot of t attention on reels at the moment and of course as we've said it's the brands who pioneer something first that reap the benefits of it so Despite anything, I do certainly think it's something for brands to look at um, because, I mean, all the attention is on it at the moment. You have, like, even on Triller, you have brands jumping on it. Chipotle, for example, who are known as early pioneers to these sorts of platforms have grown a massive following on Triller as well. And I do think that regardless of whether or not they're able to take up, whether Reels are able to take up some of the market from the other platforms, um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see which brands jump on it first. And, of course, we're starting to run Reels campaigns ourselves. Mm. Um, so time will tell. Yeah, that's good. And with um, it seems with with reels, I think you're absolutely right. It's kind of reels is is copying the the TikTok TikTok format, but actually isn't isn't on the money when it comes to what one of the reasons why TikTok is so popular is because of that democratic algorithm. You know, the leveling leveling level playing field, which means 
anyone on TikTok can can get big reach and good engagements um, without a big following. Sure. But I think that, I mean, in terms of the actual, you know, how much of a threat Triller and Reels are, I've been kind of thinking about it in the same sense of um, like Facebook and Twitter. So when Twitter first came about, although in many, many ways, they're obviously completely different. It's, you know, very similar sort of interface and platform and kind of abilities to connect with the world. But of course, it wasn't as if Twitter took the market from Facebook. They both were able to coexist. So there is mm. of course, the opportunity there that Trilla and TikTok, for example, will be able to coexist, especially as Trilla is a lot more focused on music itself. Um, and TikTok, in many respects, is more kind of meme-based and sort of Gen Z cultural culture. Um, I think that there is, of course, the, the chance that they can both have serve a place um, in sort of the realm of social media without stepping on each other's toes, so to speak. Yeah, and it, it's good. It's, it's, it's really good. It means that there is more innovation. There's not domination from one, you know, one particular platform. You could argue that has been the case, you know, for quite a bit of the last, you know, last ten plus years. Mm-hmm. So it's good. To, it's good to see different platforms, you know, being successful at, at the same time at various levels. And, yes. I mean, what what do you think? You know, so you know, with what Snapchat have been doing in terms of adding TikTok elements to what they're doing in terms of using audio and you know, music, and you know, Triller, albeit focused on music and, and reels. You know, what does that what does that say about Gen Z's? Kind of how they create and consume content. Why? Why are they there? I think that in the sort of the music sense as well. I feel like it's always been about you know obviously now more than ever music is so easily consumed, and of course there's always been sort of culturally with artists. Um, there's always been um, sort of masses of pop culture around music and artists and genres in the past and I feel like platforms like Trilla and TikTok make it so much easier to express that and of course in many ways music especially feeds in a lot to um, sort of the dialogue of of the times and what's really Mm. um, sort of um, working at the moment and I think that these platforms make it really easy for people to um, to take the kind of more cultural aspects from music and portray it. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And is there, I mean, it's amazing really you kind of look at the difference between generations and it can only be a few years, but um, I know people who are like, even a few years older than you know, younger siblings and, and, they use social media very differently. So do you think there's some sort of connection with the fact that younger generations are so used to having, using mobile phones and so used to, you know, I suppose being in video or shooting video or taking photos, um, this kind of TikTok and Reels and Trilla is just a, a reflection of that, of a kind of I think move so. towards people creating content, being more happy to create content themselves i mean it's an interesting one i think that it's all in many respects it's always been here in terms mm. of you actually have with tiktok especially the ability for anybody to build a following and to be noticed for that following and 
have that ability to and I think it all kind of almost goes back to kind of like reality tv in the sense so of course now we're actually seeing that people are turning away from sort of longer programming and from traditional programming as well but I feel like with the advent of shows like Big Brother and that sort of, sort of thing those were all about giving the opportunity for sort of people who weren't noticed before to gain notoriety and I think that part of the attraction of using these apps and going to Vine as well back in the day and then mm. on to TikTok now it's, it's, it's feeding into this um this kind of attraction of everyone being able to have an opportunity to put themselves out there and I feel like that's always been something that um that's been of interest definitely I, I remember when you know Twitter Twitter was launched and getting on it in the early days um is that thing about just being able to post something and straight instantaneously it's there yeah. <laughs> it's and you know I got I remember back in during the Beijing Olympics and seeing a, a BBC journalist sports journalist you know, tweeting at the closing ceremony of the, of the um, Beijing Olympics saying I'm in the center of the bird's nest wow. you know and I just kind of felt like I was there you know it's fantastic so That's I think crazy. yeah that it's is amazing what social has, has done to communications absolutely um so see we got you know tiktokers partly because of lockdown has kind of became part of more mainstream conversation and has been featured in the news more um and of course there has been another reason why TikTok has been mentioned, and that's because some news um, a few months ago from America. Yes. Um, let's have a chat about that. Really interesting. So, yeah, um, basically, there's been a big crackdown on America. Trump's been banning various um, Chinese apps because of perceived mm. um, security threats, and TikTok has become one of those, and there is a deadline for the 15th of September if TikTok has not been sold or their US, US operations have not been sold off to a US company mm. um, and like it was in India he's going to go into ban it which is it's bizarre because although from our perspectives we're not too concerned about it because even if it does happen we're a multi-platform agency but also we're multi-territory so we're not confined to US mm. uh, us and tiktok but you have not only the ten thousand people who are employed in tiktok in america but then also tons and tons of management agencies and marketing agencies which you know that's their sole focus and it's bizarre mm. how many people um in a very indirect way are right now being affected of course creators as well um are sort of worried about you know in many senses losing their jobs and some of them have built up a very healthy career from from tiktok in america mm yeah it's um what why, why do you why do you think don't I get too political about it but you know why why do you think the ban has has been kind of threatened from well, from the US and Trump I mean officially the reasons are you know security threats and they mm. um keep track on loads of different data um, within the app but of course that's no different than say Facebook or Instagram yeah. or Twitter would do absolutely um it's all to do with you know of course, with an app that offers advertising, you're going to collect user data. That's how they make money. The data that's actually collected by TikTok in the US is stored in the US. It can't be accessed in China. Um, so, of course, I mean, it all probably comes down to the um, this sort of dislike or this, I suppose, this um, competition 
and this um, sort of this perceived threat that Trump mm. towards China. And, but I also think as well, you know, these stories about, and whether this comes into it or not, who knows, but there are these stories about how you have young Democrats in America and sort of anti-Trump activists around the world kind of forming um, sort of communities within the app itself and organizing almost like acts of protest. So you actually had um, one of his um, sort of rallies was, was sold out and you'd think there'd be mm. people there, but it was it was completely empty because... Oh, the Tulsa of, rally, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they all rallied together on TikTok, all these activists, and basically bought out all the tickets. There were free tickets anyway. Mm. Um, I think in many ways, um, TikTok is very sort of, especially the community and the culture on there is very left-leaning and liberal. As you would imagine, it's a Gen Z platform. Mm. So I think that, of course, alongside the perceived threat um, from China, I think there's also the fact that you've got a lot of people who are completely against him and what he stands for being able to so readily stand together on the platform um, and find that community. And I think that he completely sees that as a as a threat for sure. Yeah, I think it wouldn't be crazy to suggest that, you know, that, yeah, that, that has some sort of impact. Right? Yeah. It wasn't, I think it was, wasn't long after that rally where there wasn't the massive show of attendance and there's a picture of Trump who's coming off yes. the helicopter with his tie undone. Mm. You know, the guy must just color. might be tired, but he looked a bit, you know, looked a bit tired oh, and everything. No. But yeah. the executive order then, then got put in place. Um, Yes. a few days afterwards so yes. you guys do um you guys do a weekly what's trending on tiktok so um what so can you just give us some snippets of what's what's trending at the moment well one quite funny thing i've been um seeing crop up um especially recently is now the schools are back mm. um in the uk there's been tons of content going out um basically showing the COVID measures in school and that's kind of become a trend within itself. So mm. people going back and then showing the supposed social distancing and <laughs> from actually what we're seeing on TikTok, the main consensus is, is it, it just isn't, um, it just isn't happening. So, I mean, who knows if anything's going to, um, you know, we might be in a very precarious situation come a month, but that's kind of interesting seeing how getting this kind of insight and this kind of, on the wall look into how how the world's changed and how this has affected um gen z through their eyes but i think one of my favorite trend trends this week is the um you think you can hurt me trend mm -hmm. so you'll have users they'll post it's it's in the background again coming back to music it has um larue's bulletproof song mm. in the background and it'll basically be there'll be the flashing lights effect that song and then there'll be you think that you can hurt me question mark and then just little confessions um sort of around them in text and some of them will be kind of like you know not particularly um i wouldn't say funny but maybe more things like i used to wet the bed until i was 12 and things like that but then you have actually some really really sort of deep insights from people talking about um abuse or past relationships or you know really quite um sort of meaningful things that have happened in their lives and i think again it also shows the openness of gen z and how much they're willing to kind of talk about these issues and as yeah. well it's it's it, it, this sense of community and banding people together and helping them um find kind of like-minded people or find strength in in very bizarre times and i think that that's really really interesting um 
in in that sense for sure yeah absolutely i think something we me and shelly talked about in the um, previous episode about tiktok is you know it actually kind of advice to listeners would be to just make sure that app is on on your phone and just spend a bit of time um in the discover section and just just to go through and see what's trending because you get a very i think quick feel about about what people are doing and kind of tapping into you know very very immediately what's happening now and it's very interesting what you say about about you know what's happening on tiktok around kids going back to back to school so it's definitely worth yeah grabbing some time having a we call it like a TikTok ten minutes, but it, it, it's never a ten minutes. It's always it's always at least twice that. You know, it can be very addictive, but it's definitely worth doing so that people can then get a. I think they very quickly would start to get a feel for maybe how their organisation, you know, their brand could 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 play a role um, on TikTok. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you guys work with you know a whole host of you know companies in the entertainment space, you know, music labels. Um, so what in terms of like kind of what have you been doing at the moment? What kind of what have you been working on that's I think would be of particular interest to the to the people listening? Currently at the moment, um, so to say every day is different. Mm. Um, but I think that there's been a few campaigns which I think would be of particular interest. So one is um sort of it's a long-term campaign we've been running with Vestiaire Collective. So they're mm. a I wouldn't say a luxury retailer, but a sort of a recycled high brand retailer, so to speak. Mm. So you can sell um, sort of more expensive um, clothes, get them authenticated and then um, sell them um, on sort of their marketplace. But what's quite interesting about that is we're running it in conjunction with a um, like a back to school kind of campaign with them in the US. Yeah, nice. Of course, the stuff is affordable. But then also what you've got is Gen Z are increasingly turning away from fast fashion and towards things that are more ethical. Mm. And I think that's why this campaign has res resonated really, really, really well on there. Because I think as well, the idea of thrifting and not necessarily chucking away clothes, but recycling them mm. is is really, really, really popular, especially with all these sort of, um, sort of like stories that are coming about, about um, sort of big fashion fast fashion houses that are sort of exploiting workers around the world. Um, I think that's that's why it's resonated really well. But I think another one which, it's not necessarily a recent campaign, but it's, it's one which I think is quite interesting. And it also shows as well how matching with the right influences is pivotal. So we worked with a brand called Debut and they're a graduate jobs app. So, oh yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they want they basically came to us and wanted to run a campaign which was to onboard basically new graduates onto the app, get them using it. Um so what we actually did is we actually used influencers who not only had an audience that of were of course, you know, UK students around that age, but actually got them to create content on their graduation day um and create content around the app and then sort of alluding to being able to go straight into the job world through it. Um, mm. that was, I mean, I don't know how much you know about like app marketing, but you know, that pulled in a, a 25 pence, um, cost per install, which yeah, in the world of app marketing yeah. is, is like crazy, um, especially yeah, nice. for how kind of specified it was. Um, so you know that the, we've kind of been on a long-term partnership with them, but yeah, I think especially, you know, getting them to create content in their, like their hats and gowns, mm. um, really resonated well, cause you want something that feels authentic or else they're just not exactly. really interested. 
um, and it really hit that spot. I think there's definitely there's the kind of there's a, a timing thing. Then you know it's obviously at a time when well, people are at graduation and involved in that, so there's relevance there. And also, yeah, I think you're absolutely right in terms of actually you know creating the content. You know, actually with I suppose the guidelines, the principles of the platform in mind, not of the the brand that's wanting to yeah. push the push the message. So that combination, you know, was great. What we do is um. I'll get the links to that, and we, I can put them in in the episode description, so listeners can can have a have a look at that and see what's what's going on on both of those examples. Um, great. Well, yeah, I think that's that's about it. But yeah, thanks very much for your time, Ollie. It's been been great to catch up. I say this is a bit of a shorter shorter episode uh, than usual because it's and I wanted to make it a bit of an updates thing of what's going on. So I think we'll certainly look at doing something again. Um, in the next next few months but yeah thanks for your time have a good rest of the week no i will thanks holly bye now pleasure thanks for listening and don't forget to follow or subscribe for the latest episode drops and don't forget to get in touch if you want to contribute